In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 91, Jolene. 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 Oh, why are we singing? That's not a good idea. No, especially because of who the song is by, yeah. Dolly Parton. No one can compare to Dolly. Absolutely not. So, Erin, why did you choose this song? Well, I... Hey, I just love her. And this song and is... And the song. Killer. It's haunting and wonderful. Yes. But also because it's a great theme. Love triangles... Cheating. Cheating. Uncomfortable conversations. Oof. It's all wrapped up There's in that song. There's a lot in here. Yeah. yeah. There was a White Stripes version of this song. Really? You ever heard that? Yeah. Uh-uh, it's I don't a, think it's I a, It's a much different take. There's okay. a lot more screaming. Yeah. Um, a lot more guitar. Okay. But okay. you can tell it's um, honoring this wonderful song. Yeah. And Dolly. And Dolly. Because Dolly transcends genre. Everybody loves Dolly. Everybody loves Dolly. Why but, do you think that is? You know, I, we were talk- thinking about that a little bit before this episode. And... Dolly Parton just seems so genuine. Mm-hmm. Like she just genuinely likes what she does. She just a hundred percent herself. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you don't like sequins and lace jackets and big boobs. Because that's who I am. That's who I am. And screw you. And yeah. I do and then she also does like crazy nice things out of left field. Like donate millions of books. It's or, incredible. Yeah. Do videos so that everyone gets vaccine and make a joke about her cold shoulder shirt and how and it's And doing perfect. a version of this song yes. called Vaccine. Yes. It's just, I just think that she constantly amazes people. Yeah. What do you think? I think the same. I think so much of her music, it, it really can go anywhere. It can be pop. It can be yeah. like a little more bluegrass. It can be like traditional country. It can be so many things. Mm-hmm. And... The fact that she's just such a prolific writer and singer 
you know, there's a little something for everyone. I think also that she has been very, very open to everyone. Like she yeah. consistently says, you know, like she talks to her uh, loving adoration from the LGBT community. Like yeah. just she wants to she also wants to learn like when there have been times in the past because like I think there was a, a Dollywood incident where there was like uh, a song about Dixie or something like that. And yeah. it was around the time of. Ferguson, I believe. Yeah. And some of the Black Lives Matters marches, or maybe a little bit later. But she, after kind of listening to people, she was like, oh, yeah, no, let's take that out because that's, that's, you know, that's hurting people's feelings. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So So it was like no big deal. She was like, yes, I listened. Perfect. I'm going to change it. I'm going to move on and make everyone feel the way they should. Just another model again of how to handle something. Yes. I yeah, and I think that so much in her songs is relatable. Like mm-hmm. you can pull something out no matter who you are, where you are, what you got going on. She's just so good at that. Yeah. I also like that she has boundaries. Yes. Like we don't ever see her husband. No. We don't even really hear much about her personal life beyond the singing and the songwriting no. and all of that. No. And she's like, This is me, this is my show me. Yeah. This is who I'm gonna give you. Uh-huh. And then the rest, you know, whatever. Yes. And you may or may not ever see my arms in your entire life. (laughs) Wasn't there a rumor like she's all tattooed up? Yeah, there was some. And then it got, it came back again because of the cold shoulder vaccine shirt. Mm. It just showed a snippet. Mm -hmm. So some people were like, see, she's not tatted up. And other people were like, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. I like the idea that she's all tatted up. I, that's fantastic. I think that's great. And I hope they're all navy blue, like the hardcore tattoos, like oh, not yeah. colored, not like oh the no, fun, no. We're talking art. like 1950s biker gang yeah. tattoos. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So thinking about the song, if you were going to ask Jolene not to take something from you, what mm-hmm. would it be? I just don't want you to touch my stuff, Jolene. Just anything. Just anything. Okay. Don't touch my library. Don't take my books. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. What would be the worst? Like, if she walked into your library right now, this fictional Jolene, what would yeah. be the worst thing she could touch in there that would oh. make you just be like, okay, we're done, Jolene? Probably my Margaret Atwood collection. Yeah. Because I've got, like, all of her books. Yeah. And they're there, and they're kind of prominent, and she'd probably go right to them. She'd Jolene! Like, oh. Jolene! Come on! Jolene! Have a little self-respect! Jolene! Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um, okay, so we're thinking about cheating. Yeah. We're thinking about love triangles, mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Love triangles are often something you see in the movies. Usually yeah. a girl and two guys she has to decide over, like a vampire and a werewolf, because mm-hmm. that's how life works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but let's talk about something a little more realistic for us. Yeah. Food. Food. What three foods do you think would make the perfect love triangle? I'm going to tell you. Okay. It came right to my head. Oh. Celery. Okay. Peanut butter. Okay. And raisins. It's my favorite snack. Wow. Some people might know it as ants on a log. I'm not sure why that's appealing, but I had it one time when I was little and it has never left. I will frequently make myself <laughs> ants on a log. And I do a multitude of ways. Sometimes I take the whole big long stock and mm-hmm. I make one big log of ants. Sometimes I just make a pile of peanut butter, raisins, and dip. This is... Sometimes I make tiny ones. But I will tell you that it never treats me wrong. It wow. always goes well. It always tastes good. It always hits the spot. I mean, that's saying something ants for your tum-tum. Right. My tum-tum agrees every time. Never had a bad ants on a log. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
I gotta say, I don't really agree with this, but at the same time, I understand. Yeah. I will follow you because I remember like a few months into our podcast, you were extolling the virtues of toast. <laughs> and I was like, it's just bread. And for the past couple months, that's all I want to eat is toast. Toast. It's so, very versatile. So maybe mm-hmm. a few months from now, I'll start eating ants on a log all the time. You, I don't know how to explain how satisfying <laughs> it is to get like a crunch that's refreshing, mm-hmm. but then you have the peanut butter that tastes really good, and mm-hmm. then you need that little pop the of sweet. sweetness yeah. with the raisin. And Ooh. you just feel like you're about to watch Reading Rainbow. Like everything's great, <laughs> and I don't have any responsibilities except to eat this ant on a log. This also feels like a very Midwestern discussion. Like, do you yeah. think ants on a log extends out to the East Coast or the West Coast or anywhere outside the U.S.? I gotta feel like no. Yeah, because also, what a terrible name! It's not good. It's shocking that as a child I still ate it. Like that I wasn't put off by right. calling it ants on a log. But I distinctly remember daycare where they would say snack today was ants on a log and I would lose my mind. Yes. I could I not wait. <laughs> <laughs> I like the image of little Aaron just like, give me that ants on a log. And of course this is, I mean, I'm aging myself because now you would never serve peanut butter at a daycare. Uh, no, but no, no, no. This you was pre that. that. Yeah, of course. You had peanut butter and, you know, it was. That's true. We a have a dream. tendency of naming things poorly. Like I remember there was a snack, uh, like dirt cups, that I yes. really liked. Yes. What was in a dirt cup? Do it's you like uh, crushed Oreos, yes. maybe some pudding, and usually they put like gummy worms in it, yes. like it's coming out of the dirt. Ooh, yeah, I loved that. The, what's not to right? Except for the name. It's Except kind for of the name. Pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have a bad habit of naming things salads that have no salad ingredients. No really. No salad. Like one of Mike's favorite quote unquote salads is Snicker salad, which yeah. is Snicker bars, <laughs> apples, pudding, and whipped cream. Ugh. All mixed together. And that feel that's another very Midwestern thing. Very. Like weird, weird yeah. salads with like mayo. And I was gonna like, say mayonnaise yes. based, macaroni salad. Ugh. Get yourself a coleslaw. Bars. Maybe a little egg salad. Uh. Some tuna salad. And instead, what you could do is say, I reject your salads. I'm going to have ants on a log. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what else grows in a forest? Logs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need your dirt cup or your leaves. I just need the log. Just need the log and the ants. Mm -hmm. And there you go. Wow. Mm -hmm. You have a very sophisticated palate. (laughs) So sophisticated. You can take me anywhere. I fit right in. I want you to go Pate, to somewhere. No, thank you. I'd like ants on a log, please. <laughs> exactly. I want you to go to like some steakhouse and request that yeah. for dessert. Oysters on the half shell? Not today. No. No. <laughs> Feeling ants on a log. <laughs> I want your chef to go back there and whip me up something good. Yeah. And I'm talking ants. ants on a log. On a log. Do you also have any Snickers salad? <laughs> <laughs> How's your supply of mayo? Yeah. <laughs> I'm out on the macaroni salad. You're good to keep that. But ants on a log, keep it coming. Oh, man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, maybe I'm turning turning the tide here. And maybe that's what I'll get next Do you like those store. three things separately? I do. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't sound convincing. <laughs> what thing do you not like? Because I don't believe any of that. <laughs> no, I do. But I... Th- I think I still associate celery with like a cheap diet snack. Oh, oh, sure. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like whenever all the diets growing up, like, oh, no, don't eat cookies. Eat some celery. 
No, garbage. That's yeah. what I still associate no, it with. No, no, so no. my inner self that has rejected all that is like, fuck that. I don't want any celery. No, it's just a vehicle to get the peanut butter in your mouth. Yeah, that's a good call. But yeah. it, but I will say it, th- that's that's unfair. I'm sorry, celery. Let me apologize. <laughs> that's unfair because it also brings that crunch. And that right, is right, right, needed right, right. in that snack. Yeah. It's perfect. I, You know who I bet would like Anselm Log? Dolly Parton. She probably, that might be a snack at Dollywood. It, I don't even it might know. Be. Yeah. I don't even know. But yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I wonder if they have jello salad at Dollywood. Yeah, they have to right? with some whipped cream on top. Yeah. That was one of our salads growing up was yes. red jello with bananas and whipped cream on top. My grandma used to make this salad that mixed whipped cream and jello. She somehow got it so smooth, but it was the two things together. Whoa. But she would call that salad and she would say, You have to finish your salad before you can have dessert. And I'd be like, Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I guess, Grandma. Fine. It's a wonder we have working bodies with some of the things that we ate growing up. I but, know. Yeah. But you want your body to work right. I'm telling you right now. It's on the log. log. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the message. <laughs> I'm glad Bye. this episode became a commercial for ants on a log, which is possibly one of the weirdest foods. I like the idea that somehow Dolly Parton found out about her episode and is listening. And then five minutes in, she's like, wait, they stopped talking about Jolene and they went on to Ants on a Log? And then had an idea that she would make a stand in Dollywood that only sells Ants on a Log. Right. I mean. I think you're missing a market there. That could be really good. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, cheating, love triangles, all that kind of stuff. That's a lot to choose from. Very ripe topic. Yes. And I have got a book that I raved to you Ooh, about okay. for fiction. It is The Final Revival of Opal and Nev. You did. By yes. Donnie Walton. Okay. Um, this came out very recently. Mm-hmm. I think the end of March. And oh my God, did I love this book. And I came at you several times telling you how I loved this you book. Did. You as did. As I was reading it. You extolled its virtues multiple times. I did. Mm-hmm. So in the first paragraph of the book, we learned these facts. Mm-hmm. Opal and Nev were a rock duo in 1970s mm-hmm. until their drummer is killed in a riot at a live show. That drummer is the dad of the narrator, mm-hmm. Sonny, who is a music journalist who's writing an oral history about the band Opal mm-hmm. and Nev and this riot. And she's writing from the viewpoint of 2016, looking back at this time, when there is talk of a reunion of Opal and Nev. The narrator was born after her dad died in this riot and grew up with this specter of that death, mm. along with this well-known story that her dad was having an affair with Opal. Oh. So much happening. You learn all oh. that in the first couple paragraphs. Oh. And you're like, holy oh. shit, Hold on. here we go. Yeah. So that's where we start. Hell mm-hmm. of a premise, hell of a story. Then the book is structured as an oral history mm. of the people around Opal and Nev, mm-hmm. interspersed with the narrator's own stories of growing up and of trying to get this book published. And by the way, she's a black woman taking the mantle of a rock magazine, like editor-in-chief of this magazine. Wow. And it's obvious, as we start getting into it, that the publisher and the team maybe have some issues with that. So she's contending with all of this oh, no. as she's writing this book. Okay. So there's her story. Then there's also the story of Opal, who is this amazing, fierce black woman that becomes this iconic pioneer of sort of Afropunk before it was called Afropunk. Mm-hmm. She partners with Nev, who was a British singer and songwriter, and they make this strange, stunning, crazy album from a very new label. Mm-hmm. And, and not a lot of people, you know, hear about it, but it, it's one of those things like 
you may have heard if you if you know music a lot, you may have heard the saying like nobody bought Velvet Underground's records, but everyone that did became a musician. And it feels like this is that kind of yeah. band okay. for these guys. So this label that brings them on also brings on a band who uses the Confederate flag mm. and makes this very particular kind of Southern rock. Oh, no. The label brings these two bands into this live show and shit goes real, real bad. Yeah, I can imagine. In the meantime, throughout this story, Opal and the drummer, Jimmy, are having an affair that leads them both down this path that's going to end badly. And that is just the tip of the stories. There are so many characters you meet mm-hmm. in this story that they talk to that were part of Opal and Nev or that were in the periphery. It's just fascinating. And so many discoveries that the narrator makes along the way that are very twisty, very shocking, make mm-hmm. you think about things differently. So for the for this theme, I chose it for this theme because... Obviously, this story is propelled by an affair and the aftermath of that affair and how it dominates the narrator's life and characterizes how she sees herself in the world, which is super interesting because I think you don't often see how affairs maybe affect the next generation. Mm -hmm. Like if it's something well known, you know, and knowing like the mom obviously knew about this and Mm -hmm. then growing up raising her daughter with this specter of stuff is really interesting and complex. And by the way, it's not a morality tale here. This is not a cheating equals bad kind right, of thing. There's right. so much nuance. There's so much complexity. It's complicated by the times, by their existence, and the perception of black men and women. And in so many ways, Opal and Jimmy, the drummer, they can't win. They're black artists in a space that doesn't want them there. Mm-hmm. Never mind that rock and roll was basically stolen from black people and right. white people you know, co-opted it. No one wants them there. So they find sort of safety and um, camaraderie with each other. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress enough how much I loved this. The author is phenomenal at bringing this story to life. And I love how she complicates the story with race and gender and history. And also at the end of the book, she describes this reunion show. And, you know, the the emergence of Nev and the emergence of Opal. I was getting chills while I was reading this. And that never happens. Like yeah. the way that she described it, like I was there. I was watching this show. I was watching this iconic duo return to the stage. And it was, whew, it was something. And also a hot tip. If you read this book, follow the author, Donnie Walton, on Instagram. Because throughout March, every day she was highlighting a black woman artist that was in some way inspirational for this character of Opal. Oh my gosh. So cool. So many women that I'd never heard of and that I started listening to and it's such a a rich add-on to the story. very cool. So damn it, read this book. Sounds amazing. It was one of those I got from the library and then immediately had to buy. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, that sounds great. I have to read it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, I um, picked a book. This is published in January of 2020. Um, it's called Followers by Megan Angelo. Oh, yeah. And this is, um, it's a twisty story. It's going a lot of places I didn't realize, and it all works. It's great. So Orla Cadden wants to be a writer. She always has. So she leaves her small town after high school graduation, after college, and she finds herself in New York. And she's working this dead-end job for an online magazine publishing clickbait articles oh, about celebrities. Boy. Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with what clickbait is, it's like a salacious headline that gets you to click to find out that really the celebrity just you know took their dry cleaning in or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. gets you to get hits so she's living um in an apartment she realizes she needs a roommate and this brings about floss 
Her name is Floss. And oh, she's okay. a wannabe celebrity. Oh, boy. And realizes that Orla might be her ticket to get there. So the two form this kind of fast friendship at first based on the fact that they could help each other kind of sneakily behind the scenes achieve this goal. And as they get closer and they get more and more desperate to achieve it, some of their methods are a little bit questionable, but the followers just keep coming. So they don't really take any time to think about what they're doing or examine what they're doing. So just when you're getting into their story, the book flash forwards 35 years into the future in a California village that is closed off to the world where government-appointed celebrities live on screen 24-7 what? for everybody else's viewing. So one of the main stars, Marlo, discovers accidentally that this world is not everything that she thought it was. She starts to realize that everything she thinks is true is actually built on a lie and has basically been written for her so that she'll fulfill this certain character on TV. She's aware that she's on TV and that she's a celebrity or... You know, yeah, but didn't realize how much of her life was actually scripted. So she's having all kinds of breakdowns. She seems to have what no one else around her has. She has a real curiosity and a desire to be more, to mean more, to do something bigger. So she sees an opportunity and she wants to flee, but she's got sponsors. She's got 12 million followers. Like, how is she going to do this? So as we're winding through her story, we're also then going backwards and winding more through Arlo and Floss's story. And the two worlds end up colliding in some crazy ways that you didn't see coming. This story is so good. Like it left me with all these lingering thoughts about the reality of social media and kind of where we're headed Mm -hmm. and with reality TV and some of the things that we're willing to sacrifice in order to have that. And some of it seems almost otherworldly or like a dream or like that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But when I really started thinking about it, I'm like that's kind of right around the corner. Oh I mean, we're God. kind of yeah. looking at some of that. So I picked it for this theme because Marlo's never had a relationship that isn't a triangle. Always, no matter who it is, whether it's her parents, friends, her husband, there's always another person in that relationship. And it's this legion of followers. It's Whoa, these sponsors yes. that are saying, this is how you have to do this. So she's never allowed to really believe that anyone loves her mm-hmm. or cares about her in a genuine way because she's always afraid they're doing something yeah. for that reason. And because of that, she also doesn't trust herself. She doesn't know what feelings are real or there's a whole nother level um, that they're dealing with antidepressants in here and that maybe they've had her on some drugs purposely to sort of allow her curiosity to leave. Oh, God. Yeah. So she never has had the opportunity to f- fulfill any relationship in any kind of fulfilling way. She's always kind of second choice. So to me, that was like a kind of a perfect love triangle Absolutely. where it wasn't another person, but it's a whole nother it's idea. This entity yeah. over here. Yeah. And the same could be said for Orla and Floss. Like their relationships are very much determined by what they can get out of it. So for the other people that are in relationships with them, they're also dealing with this dream that they both have being the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So it's... It goes a lot of places you don't expect. Has a lot to say about social media, reality, TV, and just how we make celebrities and how much importance we put on that. Um, And kind of relationships. Like, what do you actually want out of a relationship? And what is a fulfilling relationship? Mm -hmm. So 
Um, I love that idea that she doesn't know how much of her life is scripted. Mm-hmm. I could see that definitely being the future of stuff. You yeah. Know? Like, I, I wonder right now how much of reality TV, how much are the stars participating in what the producer wants them to do? You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And there were there right away you learn like there's things that she'll start to say something and then like her co-stars will kind of like give her looks or signals like, no, we don't talk about that. Oh or like if she's off camera for a period of time, like she gets an alarm kind of that says you need to go back on screen oh. because their phones are basically in their like they see screens. They get an implant oh. that allows them to see screens in front of them so they can just think and search something like, oh, I don't remember how to get to the train station and then they see it in front of them or so she'll get these warnings like hey you've been off camera too long you need to go back to the main living space or you know so she's never really like able to really think through things entirely well just imagine like right now with all of the screens that we're on some of our thinking is so fragmented based on what it used to be imagine that like you couldn't even keep a coherent thought Mm -hmm. and what jesus Mm -hmm. yeah and the whole village that she lives in is sort of made that way. Like they're all know that they're participating in this. So even her friends are themselves other stars. It just so happens that they created her to be the biggest. She's uh-huh. like the star. That is fascinating. It also, is so interesting. He has things to say yeah, about he, that. He liked it. He, he liked me. it. Yeah. Also, I'd heard about that book, but I don't think I'd heard the synopsis. I had no idea it was two timelines. And that yeah. sounds amazing. It is. And it's such an interesting premise. And yeah. it really left me just thinking about a lot of things. And wow. Yeah. I, it, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was, went a lot of different places I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. Do you think Ziggy would do well on reality TV? No. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not uh, compliant enough. That's true. He won't. He's do not going to take you direction. I mean, he might be good for some drama, like just some crazy things oh, you didn't see coming. Like, yeah. haha, I ate the rubber band on this asparagus and threw it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ate your yoga block. Yeah, yeah. yeah there might be that, but there wouldn't be like the okay. Now, does that make you mad? Don't you want to yell at that person? Yeah. Like, he wouldn't be. No, and if a producer told him to, you know, do something, really, I mean, they're not gonna. He's not gonna do what you say. No, cats don't listen. Cats, no, they're notoriously bad listeners. And this cat in particular, yeah, is gonna say, nope, I'm gonna pass on that. Mm-hmm. Beats to his own drum. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting what you talked about because my other genre pick is very much in that conversation. Ooh. It is called Fame: The Hijacking of Reality. Ooh. by Justine Bateman. Oh my gosh, I just got a notification about this book. She well, she has another book coming out like right now that's I think it's called Face and it's all about like aging and how yeah. you're supposed to just, you know, how you're supposed to not look older as a woman and but this this came out in 2018. And side note, I didn't realize that she was Jason Bateman's sister. Seriously? Yeah, I don't know why that escaped me, but I oh my saw God. them as two separate entities and I never put it together. Like I don't know why. Okay, side note. Yeah. There are a few photos in this book um that illustrate a few points that she's made and there's one where she and her brother go to like an award show in 1982 and she's like 16 and he's maybe 12 and it's Aww. really cute. Oh. Because he started his own career, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Some of you may not remember Justine Bateman. Mm -hmm. You may not remember the show Family Ties Mm -hmm. in the 1980s. You may not remember seeing her in Teen Beat and Tiger Beat. And that's okay. 
she lays it out for you. Like she realizes some people may not know who she is and, and what her fame was, mm-hmm. what that meant. And so in the 1980s, when Family Ties started, there were three channels. HBO played movies. That was an extra channel. But then mm-hmm. there was ABC, NBC, CBS. That's it. So every episode, they were getting like 60 some million people watching mm-hmm. every time, which nowadays that never happens. It's so no. fragmented and everyone's yeah. watching something different. So she was a huge, highly recognizable star for most of the 80s and after too. And she was only 16 when it started, uh, a teen and a young adult <sighs> through its run and into her movie career. So in this book, she's in her 50s now and she's trying to grapple with fame, this mm-hmm. idea of fame, what it is, what it elicits in people, how it makes the famous sort of crazy like it's a crazy making experience and Mm -hmm. how it's an isolating experience and how it makes the fans or at least the rest of us act super weird Mm -hmm. around it there are personal stories here but this isn't a memoir this Mm -hmm. is much more of sort of a hybrid thing where she's talking about this concept she's bringing some of her own stories in to illustrate it she's really trying to figure out what the hell is this and why are we so weird about it Mm -hmm. um She's also looking at how fame has changed over time Mm. because, you know, fame in the 80s is very different than it is now where there's one thing where she talks about like, okay, imagine it's 1985 and you're watching someone on TV and you really like that person. And you're like, you know what? I want to say hi to that person or I want to express a message to that person. So she's like, so what you have to do is you have to write a letter and you have to, oh, you probably put it off for a few days. And then, but then you write the letter and then you're like, oh, I have to go get an envelope. And then you find the envelope and then, oh, I have to get a stamp. And oh, and then I have to put it in the mailbox. And so all of these steps. Then when the mail actually gets to wherever, and first you have to find the address for the studio, it could sit in a pile for months and never get anything done. Now, though, on Twitter, anyone can say like, oh, I love you, Jessica Chastain, you know, and and have it direct to that person. Mm -hmm. And that person gets an alert. Or on the other hand, I hate you, Jessica Chastain, gets right to them. So it's a very different kind of fame now, but it's still sort of based on that strange experience. Yeah. So you'll see again and again as you read that fame, in her mind, it becomes another person. Like it's a whole other aspect of her but also this very separate entity where it it feels like a role that you have to put on Mm -hmm. not just the role that you're acting but this role of famous person Mm -hmm. you know and at the same time you're playing this role you're getting tons of insults and you're getting tons of tabloid stories that are all just made up Mm -hmm. about this famous person so that's why i chose it for this theme kind of like you because she is very deliberate in saying that fame is this other entity. It's this other thing. And when you're in a relationship with a lover, with a friend or with anyone, there's this third person. There's this thing Mm -hmm. that's part of it. Mm -hmm. So there's always this triangle. Yeah. And that can mess things up. And it messed her up in a lot of ways. Um, You know, she said that there had been times where she went on a date and the lover was looking for Mallory, you know, like oh, she lit up a yeah. cigarette and the guy would be like, Mallory doesn't smoke. What are oh, you doing? No. Also, so many random guys oh. coming up and saying very strange things. I mean, we've heard this just with authors. Yeah. Imagine a very recognizable I can't even. woman yeah. out I- in the world. There have been so many guys that have come up to her and said like, oh, you are my first crush. And some go further and say, you were the first person I masturbated to. And what do you say to that? Yeah, there's nowhere to go with that. There's nowhere to go with that. 
And knowing in her mind, first she's picturing this, like, okay, you're looking at a picture of me while this is happening, but also that's not me. Yeah. That's this other thing. That's this famous thing. That's this fame, you know? So it's such a strange thing. It's sort of a love triangle with yourself, and you can even cheat on yourself when you play this role. Yeah. So, by the way, Justine Bateman, doing great these days. She's done a lot of things. She's moved in and out of acting. She's been producing, directing. She even got, she went to college at age 46, got a degree in computer science. Good for her. Yeah. And this is such an interesting way of talking about her life and about celebrity and fame Mm -hmm. in general. You're going to have, as you read it, you're going to have plenty of moments where you're like, come on, why are people so terrible? I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You're also going to have some moments where you wonder about your own reactions to fame. There were many Mm. where I realized like, oh, that's true. Like if I saw someone in line that was famous, I would act weird. I would feel weird. Mm -hmm. And what is that? Why is that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a very quick read, but it's a fascinating read, and it, it's something very different about celebrity and fame. Yeah. yeah. Well, I picked, um, for other genre this week, I picked a short story collection that mm. was published in 2020. This is called Fuckface by <laughs> Leah Hampton. <laughs> now, if you search it, you just take out the U and put in a little star. But that is the title. That is a bold title. It's wonderful. I want to hear about the conversations that went into like, no, I want it to be fuckface. I know, right? And having like, maybe maybe the rest of the team were okay with it. Maybe they weren't. I don't know. But it. I won't spoil it too much because it relates specifically to one story, okay. why it's called that. But it's perfect, actually. Oh. It's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. And I actually, I think I heard about this book because of Carter Sickles. I think he recommended yes. it. Yeah. yeah. In our discussion. So, it, like I said, published in 2020. It's her debut collection okay. of short stories. There's 12 of them. It takes pay- place in post coal Appalachia. Oh, so okay. it's very much in that region. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what I love about it is... For me, sometimes short stories, I really grip into them when there's just really interesting, random things in there that Mm -hmm. I think, how did you come up with that? Mm -hmm. And then it just grips me in and I want to read more and more. And that is so true in this collection. There's like a set of frog lamps that I could not forget. (laughs) A pair of snakeskin heels, a pottery bowl. They're just weaved in so perfectly and it makes you wonder like how she came up with it, but it also automatically gives you this intimacy with the characters mm-hmm. that you sort of feel like you're seeing them on a different level. It makes you feel really invested. So some of these stories are funny. Some are really touching. Some are heartbreaking. But they're honestly kind of all like that together. I specifically picked it for this theme because kind of like the last pick, to me, what she's really writing about is all these characters have things going on. They're all in doing different things, but they're all kind of having a love triangle with the land, with the place that they're from, with geography. It's playing a large role in either their marriages, their careers, why they've chosen to do what they do. It plays this sort of silent part in all of the stories. And it's, it's so well done it's just a part of the character but you really see it as this presence and you can Mm -hmm. feel that in all of the stories so wireless the name wireless was one of my faves um this follows a 30 something single woman who returns to the small town that she grew up in immediately after graduation she left and she's come back and it's kind of following her through this trajectory um there's one called twitchell that follows a woman who worked for a chemical plant as she discovers that she might have been more changed by her time there than she realized. Um, There's one called Parkway, who's park ranger, whose job entails finding bodies. Because 
you know, in, in especially large, vast areas, oh park gosh. rangers will come across, you know, either murders or yeah. maybe people committing suicide, things like this. And she's realizing, can I, can I continue to do this job? This is starting to be like a really big burden and very different than what I thought it was. Whoa. So like I said, you know, there's a element of this love triangle with the land. There is one story that actually deals with a love triangle. And bonus for this theme, the last story is called Sparkle. And the two characters are at Dollywood. <gasps> so. What? I mean, it was a perfect tie-in. It was oh, my goodness. Perfect tie-in. I mean, that makes me want to read it even more, knowing that Leah Hampton was like, hey. I got to bring in Dollywood. Yeah. I got to do it. And they're so, the stories are so smart and interesting and the characters are, you know, flawed in the perfect human way and you feel really connected to them, but you also, she's saying a lot in the stories without beating your head, you know, Mm -hmm. beating you over the head with it. Like some things are just mentioned and you're like, yeah, that is how that is in real life. Like it's this big thing. People make a big thing out of it, but when we actually deal with it day to day, it's much smaller Mm -hmm. and she just does that so wonderfully. That sounds terrific. It is. It's really interesting. And the different characters and the different situations she puts them in. I mean, the imagination and creativity into each of those stories is so... They're all so different, mm-hmm. but sort of have the same theme. It's amazing. I love that we're going real metaphorical with love triangles. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. we had an actual love triangle, but we're also going with fame. Yes. With the land. With the land. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. It's it. They were really good, really entertaining. I enjoyed them. Excellent. Well, pop culture wise, I picked a show that came out last year. Okay. On Hulu, Ooh. it's called Normal People. Oh, yes. And this was, of course, based on the book by Sally Rooney. Great. Book. But I chose the show itself because I, I feel like it has its own life. And holy shnikes, this is good. Yeah. Um, so Marianne and Connell are two young people in Ireland. And at the start of the show, they're in high school. Marianne's family is rich, but all of her peers, they make fun of her all the time for mm-hmm. being ugly, for being weird. By the way, she's not ugly, but they make fun of her for mm-hmm. all of these things, that she's smart, that she's blunt, that she's just different. Connell's mom works for Marianne's family, and he actually is one of the popular crowd, and he doesn't necessarily participate in the making fun of, but he doesn't stand up for her either. Right. He's just yeah. sort of back, in, like letting it happen. But Marianne and Connell have this connection and they become lovers and they both have this instinct to keep it secret. So this is a a secret sort of relationship. Now, after high school, they part ways, but they both end up at Trinity College in Dublin where things have changed. Mm -hmm. He's the odd one this time and she's very well liked. And we keep following them through college, after college, as they explore their relationship And they fall prey to their own insecurities, to their own mental health issues. We learn her family sucks. They're real bad. Mm -hmm. We learn that he struggles more with a lot of things than he's ever let on. And both of them are struggling with what men and women should be and what relationships should be. This is just a gorgeous show. It is, man, you believe these characters utterly you get swept up in it i will say it's also very graphic Mm -hmm. there is a lot of uh sex some very intense sexual chemistry none of it's gratuitous though it feels Mm -hmm. very much like it's part of the story and it adds to the story like you just feel like man these characters have this connection that is undeniable Mm -hmm. 
And I chose it for this theme because they're off and on over time. And there are other lovers that come into the midst while they're remaining friends, while mm-hmm. they're off. And it creates some very heated dynamics, pushes them to make some decisions that are good and bad. But I also think that there's a love triangle with their own issues, you know, the selves that they see of themselves, like their version or their vision of who they are, who the other person is, the uh, the issues that they have with themselves. Uh, it acts like other people in this relationship that's mm-hmm. really, um, you know beneficial and not beneficial in many ways and i felt that very hard i i think this um i think shows that deal with this kind of stuff with the intricacies of relationships and of sexual uh connection so plainly so truthfully i think it's very rare it's few and far between Mm -hmm. i i think a lot of love stories can be very formulaic you know that can be very sort of contrived they can be very idealized you know there's a reason so many people love romantic comedies because you know what's going to happen and you know like at the end they're going to have this big wonderful moment and then boom you don't have to worry about what happens after that because that's the story yeah this is such it's so different from that and it's so much better for it uh it's very highly complex it's very rich and all of that in 12 short episodes. Um, it's it's a quick day or two binge, really, mm. if you haven't done it yet. Um, I remember, too, that when we talked to Andrea Lawler last year, mm-hmm. Andrea had just watched the show and we hadn't watched it no. because we'd said, ah, like, you know, the book was so good. We were kind of afraid. And Andrea said, no, 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 don't be afraid. And then Andrea said, I'm so jealous that you get to watch it for the first time. Which is a huge, huge. That's like a huge thing to yeah. say. And I, I'll admit, I'm still haven't watched You're it still for that reason. It, yeah. I think we yeah. talked about the book early on mm-hmm. in the podcast, and I really liked it. And, and I'm that's just okay. So nervous, but you haven't watched it. Now I feel better. Even mm-hmm. not, that's not taking anything away from Andrew Lawler because I believed it then. But yes, just even more hearing another person say it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I kind of forgot about it. So this is a good reminder. Yeah. And I, I don't think that there's, I think this is complete in and of itself. Yeah. I, I don't believe that there are plans for anything more, which feels good. It yeah. feels like it ends where it should. Okay. And uh, so much of it aligns with the book, but in a way that makes it even more, you know, compelling and rich. Mm-hmm. And so you, you take your time. You watch it when you want to watch it. Okay. But I will say, like Andrea Lawler said, I'm jealous that you get to watch it for the first, first time. time. Okay. Yeah. Well, I am going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put that back at the top of the list. I maybe, d- depending on how you and the family interact, maybe don't have the boys around. Well, yeah, no. No, yeah. there's, yeah. There's certain, yeah. like, after bedtime shows. Mm-hmm. And this then, is one of those. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I figured. Mm-hmm. For pop culture this week, I picked a movie. It was released in 2020 on Prime Video. A movie film? A movie film. A piece of cinema? A piece of cinema. A full cinematic feature. Okay. And it's called Spinster. And it's a movie with Chelsea Peretti. Oh, you mentioned this last yes, week. Yes, yeah. I really liked it. Um, Peretti's character, Gabby, is turning 39 and finds out that her boyfriend is leaving her for another woman. Mm. So, boom. Love triangle right Who's off Who's going to leave Chelsea Peretti? Come on now. Yeah. Just for the pure humor of also it. she's married to jordan peele i know that's a dynamic duo right there that is a that is a dynamic yeah. duo mm-hmm. their children are watch out Ooh. like tour de force yeah. right there all those all that jeans getting up mm-hmm. in there um so she's not feeling like she's a chef and she's not feeling like her career is going in any great direction she feels left behind by one of her best friends who has a very family life has a um, husband kids you know other families that they're friends with and now 
her relationship has fallen apart. We see that her relationship with her family isn't great. And so when she's dumped, her friend is like trying to be helpful and has all these suggestions of places that she could meet the right guy. You want to get married, right, Gabby? You want to? Well, then here's some options. How about you try softball? How about you try this? These are places you could meet the right guy. They're probably full of activities. So many activities. Gross. And what's really happening, though, as you follow the story, is she's starting to really take the time to realize what it is that she wants. Mm. Do I... You're telling me that's what I should want. And maybe I sort of believed that's what I should want because of that. But do I really want that? Do I really want to be... Is that where I want to spend my energy? Or do I maybe want to spend my energy on my career or getting a dog or whatever it is. So she goes through all these kind of mental gymnastics of figuring out who she really is and what she really wants. And I feel like that could be done and that can be done very poorly Yes, because you can still get the wrong message sometimes from those movies. And this is not one of those. I don't want to give away anything, but I loved the ending. I loved the middle. I loved the beginning. I thought they stayed so true and it felt so relatable as a female. It felt really honest about sometimes even when we make life choices and realize, gosh, I, I didn't even realize I was making that choice and I did. Um, and just, she's hilarious. So it's also just fun to watch. But talking about love triangles, obviously the one at the beginning with her boyfriend, but more than that, it's again, sort of like having a love triangle with herself. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, like, what do I really want? Like, yeah. I don't know this other person. That's actually me. Like I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to do, but that's not getting me any closer to being happy or feeling fulfilled. Mm. And so when she sort of takes that obstacle out of being one person that people think she wants to be and being another one for herself and brings those two together, how much better that is. Yeah. It's- it's really good. She's I think that's funny. such a good point too that uh, we often cheat on ourselves because we we think, especially we as women, think we have to do this. And we yeah. have to do this, whereas what we might want something entirely different. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Did I bore you. Yeah, sorry. I don't know why it came out <laughs> right there. I think sometimes when I smile, it makes you feel like you're going into a yawn, and then my mouth just does it. Does that ever happen to you? You're like, I'm not even tired. I don't know why I'm yawning right now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. In that two seconds of what you said bored me so bad. I had so to yawn. bad. <laughs> why do I bore you? Oh. Uh, yeah. Clearly. <laughs> Great. Sounds terrific. Where did you find that? Uh, Amazon. Okay. It was on Prime Video. I think, yeah, it was free if you have an Amazon dealio. So it was great. It's a terrific title. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of like her. I love her as a female lead because you're not getting all the, oh, yeah, so hard for you to find a man. You're perfect. You know, not that she isn't gorgeous, but, you know, like the all made up perfect. Like we're supposed to believe this person's having trouble and... No. Yeah. You just get a real character, and that's what I like I about like her. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many love triangles. So many. Who knew? Most importantly, though. What? Peanut butter, celery, and raisins. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we're associating the song Jolene with Ants on a Log forever and ever. Forever. Now when I hear it, I'm going to have to immediately You're gonna make have to Ants go, on a Log. How often do you make Ants on a Log? I'm not sure I want to answer that. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's no judgment. <laughs> a lot. Okay. It's that's a really fun. go-to okay. snack for me. That's great. Yeah. Because listen, 
you buy celery yeah. you gotta eat it because it turns eat it. yeah and then the next week you're like do i need more celery probably what if i want one yeah and then you're like i gotta eat that celery man so but it's not gotta, i'm making that sound like it's trouble it's not it's but great. you got a budget item for celery is what yeah. you're saying yeah. and i'm also yeah it's like 99 cents so <laughs> it's more the peanut butter but also it's good anytime you can have it for breakfast you can have it for snack you can have it with lunch at dinner before bed mm. there's no time that it doesn't fit do you think you should open a restaurant that's called Ansel <laughs> it's, a log. Log. it's, only it's that. just all that <laughs> I want to say yes out of my love and the business part of me says that's a failing proposition that's just that's a failing what if it's just a pop-up shop at like you know that at like a bookstore at like farmer's market yes <laughs> And it becomes this really like hipster thing. Yes. Like, have you had ants on a Have lock? you had it? It's so good. I don't know what she puts in it, but it, like <laughs> it's literally peanut butter and raisins. I just buy what's ever on sale and slather it on that celery. That's right. It's not true. I always use Jif, but raisins all go on a limb sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. that will be your secret is, yeah. you know, what's in this? Three items, that's what's in don't it. Don't know. Yeah. It's the way I wash that celery. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way... Here's a cooking hack for oh, pets. <laughs> you know, the I don't think I've ever heard you say the words, here's a cooking hack. Because, you know, you, you admit you're not a great no, cook. No, I'm not. Yeah. This is an important, I shouldn't even call it cooking because you're not really cooking. Assembly hack? Assembly hack. Okay. If you wash your celery, you either need to have time for it to drain mm -hmm. or you need to wipe it off with a paper towel because you will be frustrated trying to spread peanut butter on a Ooh. slightly wet piece of celery. It's good stuff. Or you can just go the route that I do sometimes. And if you buy the individual things of Jif, uh -huh. you just dip it right in there. And then you stick the end that has the peanut butter on it in a pile of raisins. Oh, my goodness. And it sticks it's peanut butter. Boom. I kind of like that because that's the easiest. Mm -hmm. And you can get more raisins per bite. Uh-huh. Oh. Some people just put a single line of raisins for ants on a log <laughs> and they space them out. I do a double line. Because <laughs> have you ever seen ants travel in a small pack? Yeah. Oh, hmm. Double it up. Okay. You'll be, your mouth will be happy for Okay. It. You want the double raisin. So we have to come up with a better name, but you know. I know. What do you call it, though? It's such a weird... Hmm. It's like three ingredients that takes too long to say. I'll have some celery, peanut butter, and raisins, please. <laughs> I, I also want to know, who was it? Some rando that just called it ants on a log, and then yeah. it just spread it like just wildfire. Spread. People yeah. are like, that's, that's it. That's it. That is it. Do you remember there was a food... like? my dad or somebody talked about like shit on a shingle oh yeah yeah cream creamed beef on toast yeah shit on a shingle right yeah which again not not appetizing name <laughs> also there's questions there because the the base of that is chipped beef but then it's like a creamed base sauce so i'm not sure what the shingle is in the story if it's the toast or the chipped beef but either way if your shit looks like that yeah that's not good you have problems because yeah. that looks like bird poop <laughs> So you need to get checked out immediately. And again, why are we associating that with something to eat? Yeah. I don't like it. No. Again, some schmo named it that and then it became a thing. And, then and meanwhile, at, in, in his grave, he's just like, I don't want to be known for that. Yeah. But that's not, what, that's not my main one contribution. Like, ha ha, look at that bird shit on that shingle. That looks like your lunch. Ha ha ha. And now it's all I've known now for. it's a thing. They put it on my gravestone. Yeah. Shit on a shingle. <laughs> Just asking kids to shit there. Oh, man. I'm sorry, buddy. Whoever you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. It probably happened the same with ants on a log. Yeah. I don't know what you could call that. Hmm. I'll have to think about it. Get back to our audience. 
Hmm. Or maybe reveal it as part of your pop-up shop. Yeah. Your hip, yeah. hip yes. table. Peanut butter crispies. Oh, oh no. That makes that's me think good. you're getting some kind of delicious Like treat. a Rice crispy thing or yeah, something. With yeah, in it. Yep, yeah you don't want that. Work. Okay. Nope. Nope. Well, you keep, you keep noodling on that one. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to come up with anything better. <laughs> that might have been the extent. Crispies. And I'm so glad we brought this to our listeners, you know, attention. I mean, if you need me to post the recipe in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard, so. Maybe you need to post it on social media. Just po- like a picture of your snack. That's it. Just That's a it. picture. And people are like, what? Why? 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 What is she doing over there? It's because we have to listen to, you know, you have to listen to the episode to understand. Mm-hmm. It's there an inside go. joke. Yes. <laughs> That's also a delicious snack. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind. Well, maybe next week we'll have more recipes. Oh, man. You never know. Never know. Maybe. We didn't plan on talking about this today, so who knows where we go? Who knows what yellow brick roads we follow? Exactly. But in the meantime, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.